Just stop grieving your neighbor's demons. <laughs> the church of offense. Lord, do a deep work. <laughs> I just pray, Father, that the the soul and the and the flesh would be completely shut down with heavy angelic drugs. Just pray for those angels with horse tranquilizer to come and shoot everybody in the jugular. <laughs> Knock them out. <laughs> Holy! And I thank you, Father, for building up our spirit. A greater spiritual strength. Unmasked <laughs> deliverance.
you, Jesus. A greater grace annihilating your face. Increasing our sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. do the work here it's like sunbathing in the glory you just kind of lay out and let the sun do all the work receive the sun through the mind so you can have a good time in the new wine burning your faces off to shine
spirit work out there.
bunch of glory on the rest. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Spiritual surgery for everyone. Thank you, Lord. God. It's good to get toasted in the glory. It's like pickling your brain and Holy Ghost formaldehyde. <laughs> We've come here tonight to Joel's obituary to get embalmed yeah. with the glory. There's an embalming with the baptism of Jesus Christ's death in this place. Thank you for it, Lord. Best thing ever. Only thing that silences the beasts is the baptism of Christ's death. More, more, more. That's the embalming fluids of God. Think Nicodemus' bag of spices, glory. And like the sun goes, I'm already dead. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. It's white zombie glory. White with the glory. Zombie. Because you're baptized in the death of Jesus. Amen. Drink the formaldehyde of God. You know, the sure evidence that a person has not been baptized in his death nor crucified with him is they insist on his life and resist and react to his death. That's someone that does not know him. I don't insist on his life, I insist on his death. <laughs> and that's where all the glory's at. In the death of Jesus, you're stripped head to toes at a cellular level of every sin, consciousness of self, every problem, every shortfalling, every insecurity, every infirmity and poverty of the flesh is gone and stripped off your soul and mind and personality, and all that remains is Jesus. Perfection, glory, in the death. No more self-awareness, no more fixing yourself, no more anything except God. The place of heaven is the place where you're only feeling God. How you feeling today? 
not good. No, not good. I'm feeling God. Not good. I'm feeling. I'm feeling God. I'm feeling like I've been drinking embalming fluid. Veins and arteries on fire. Blue, purple, red. Crucified with Christ, completely dead. Roses are red, violets are blue. I've been crucified with you. <laughs> Shabbat. You know, when the body is crucified, the brain, everything in that filthy beast, reptile brain, with the twin serpents always wanting to throw in their two filthy scents. When that thing's carved out of your forehead like a turkey on Thanksgiving, with no stuffing, just cut open and carved open, just no filler, just face. You don't fill your head with anything. You just carve it up with the sword of the Spirit, and God fills the temple. God fills the temple with glory. The promise of the new covenant is every day your body, the covenant temple, is filled with fresh glory. We are filled with fresh glory. Thank you, Jesus. Because he frees us in the fresh glory. Oh, I feel the oil. I feel the release of God. I like when I get those physical manifestations from the angels. You start to feel that liquid on your head. That's the angelic help. They're pouring vials out on your head. You, know, you pray for horse tranquilizers and they come with this vial and they're like, that's what you get. If you pray according to God's will, it's answered. God's will is that you got that vial. Problem with us, angels know really well, is that we're total fiends. We want the whole laboratory part on us, like Chernobyl. Just total chemistry meltdown. We've been developed like an experiment in the Father's Petri dish. This is the sun I grew in the laboratory. More like Frankenstein, but... He's got my spirit in him. Frankenstein ran on that electricity. Shabba. <laughs> <laughs> going into the Frankenstein glory tonight. You know, the death of Jesus is the place of invincibility. That's the place where we hide our souls and our bodies so the enemy can't touch us in that place. I mean, I, I go in there often. There's a lot of different realms in God. You have access to all of them, the keys of the kingdom, to go into any realm you desire. 
And so if you're facing different external things, wisdom knows what realm to go into to deal with whatever's on the outside of your temple. And right now, my favorite realm is the death of Jesus. The baptism. I like the tomb. And that folded napkin glory. Angels of the resurrection. What are you doing here? I have access to this timeline through the through Jesus. Not in, I'm not in 2022. We're in a time machine. Time machine is totally biblical. I am that I am is in your spirit, which means when your mind's renewed, wisdom of the ages is you're in that age right now. I tell you the truth, this is far out, but the Holy Ghost wants to let you know about this. Some of the prophets saw the sons of God that are here on earth now in their timeline and wrote about it in the Bible. And they've met you. And they knew you were from the future. It's true. The limitations of time and space have always been broken by the righteous. That's what righteousness is. That I don't live in a cage of the fallen angel imprisonment, which is time and space. There's no time in the glory. It's called eternity. There's no space in the glory. It's called endless open fields. The garden goes on forever. The depths of God's heart and the garden of God's heart is endless. The discovery inside God goes on forever. It cannot be measured. And so you get lost deeper and deeper in God. And we're going into this, some of those realms right now through the death of Jesus. It feels like we're going on one of those tours. Like, we're going on a tour to Israel, but like in the New Covenant. So, in the spirit, in the reality, and not in the types and the shadows in the natural realm of the dead. We're going into the glory realms... And we started off in the baptism of death. We moved into the tomb. Now I can see us interacting with the prophets. The prophets are pouring into your spirit, enriching your spirit. They're investing in your spirit. You're a trading floor in heaven. And they want to impart into your spirit the, f the future and their investment for their treasure <laughs> holy ghost Jesus
Yeah, back to the cross we go. Suddenly he transported me to my own crucifixion. Lord, take us there. Take the animal right there and kill it. all of its witchcraft and sorceries. Thank you, Jesus. After they had finished nailing him to the cross and were waiting for him to die, they whiled away the time by throwing dice for his clothes. Above his head, they had posted the criminal charge. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Along with him, they also crucified two criminals, one to his right and the other to his left. People passing along the road jeered, shaking their heads in mock lament. You bragged that you could tear down the temple and then rebuild it three days. So show us your stuff, save yourself, if you're really God's son, come down from that cross. That's all temptation is. Come down from that cross. Come down from the glory. They jeer, they mock, they tempt, they answer, more cross. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here to have a bigger cross and let the cross crucify you higher in the glory. Heart, mind, bones, spinal cord, organs, skins, eyeballs. Every cell in your body be crucified with Christ. Let your Spirit be crucified with Christ. Let the roots of your heart be crucified. The branches of your soul be crucified. The leaves of your soul. The fruit of your soul. The whole existence of your past, present, and future be annihilated with Jesus. Total annihilation. That's the place of salvation. That's the place of safety. That's the ark of the days of Noah. That's where we're going to nail everyone with the word of God and what the spirit of God desires to do with your soul. One thing, elevate it through crucifixion with Christ. The cross is not just a killing of the sinful nature. It's the ascension 
into the heavenly glory. If I be lifted up, I draw all men to myself. Fulfillment of Isaiah 60. Arise and shine, your light has come. What's the light? The light to the Gentiles. King of the Jews, written in all the Gentile languages over his head. Up until that time, he'd only ministered to the Jews, but his crucifixion was in all the Gentile languages. It was in Latin. Jews didn't even speak Latin. No one did. It was the light of the world for every known language and ability of communication in the world to receive salvation at the cross. <laughs> Up until that time had been a ministry to Israel, to the last sheep of Israel. I've come, Jesus said. Now at the cross, it's the glory of God and the forgiveness of all the world's sins in the cross drawing everyone up that hill. That hill is Zion. That hill is the crucifixion or the healing of your soul. So the only deception we deal with is people trying to fix their souls by any other means except for the cross. But Jesus said, unless you pick up your cross and follow me, you can't get healed. You won't be healed emotionally. You won't be healed in your memory. You can't get delivered. You'll be nonstop issues and drama your whole life until you're crucified and it all ceases because you're dead. <laughs> Death is the answer for everything. And don't make a animal complaint about the animal's life. Any excuse for the animal to get better is a resistance of the Holy Spirit. And it's a denial of Christ's glory. The animal's not meant to get better. It's meant to die better. Like a sheep to the slaughter. What is discipleship? Jesus said, I send my disciples like sheep to the slaughter. Basic foundational discipleship 101, slaughterdom. If you are a sheep of the Lamb, apostolic of the Lamb, prophetic of the Lamb, alive with the Lamb, following the Lamb, step one is slaughtered. And it's not just one time when I was slaughtered, it's constant. It's a baptism of death. It's a baptism of slaughter at a cellular level, inside your eyes, inside your bones, in your skull, in your brains. This is how every problem gets fixed in your life. This is how the persecution can't sway you to go a different direction. If the baptism of death is not a reality to your soul yet, the enemy can influence you against God's will. But if you're dead, you're on autopilot. And you stay dead, you stay on autopilot. So anytime the enemy tries to get the flesh alive, get the soul alive, you just have a cup of his death. Drink his blood. When did the blood pour out, guys? When the spear went in his side. That's the blood of the new covenant. It was the blood of his death. And the argument keeping the sinful nature alive in you is the presence of the fallen angels. Demonic influence is just 
keeping the beast, the soulish nature of the false I am. It's an existence apart from his death, the awareness of self. It's the I am of Satan. So the blood of Jesus kills the self-awareness of the I am of the soul. Isaiah 14, the I am of Satan is soulishness. Now the I am is the death of Jesus. The real I am, the real Yahweh, is the nature of the Lamb. When you're drinking that cup, there isn't any counterfeits. But they'll try to get you weird. They'll try to steer you into something else. A lot of people have mixture. They'll drink from one cup of the Lord and they'll drink from the cups of demons. That's what Apostle Paul says in Corinthians. You're drinking from the cup of Jesus, but then you're drinking from the cups of demons. You got a mixture of witchcraft and the Holy Spirit. And so it takes clarity of the living word to come in like a butcher shop and slaughter all that stuff growing in the soul that's mixing with what the spirit wants to develop in the father of spirits. And so it's a chastisement towards the devil and the works of the devil to distract or to suppress spiritual development. And every single person goes through this. I mean, where is the devil? The Bible tells you Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. So the devil is in the wilderness and the wilderness represents the soul the soul that's still there and not embalmed that's not buried in the death of jesus and we all could use more burial the, the burial is a bandwidth it's not a one-time deal i've heard this before it don't matter about hearing it before brethren it is not wearisome for me to repeat the same things over and over apostle paul in philippians the reason for it is because it's the same ceremonial dagger of the altar killing the animal every day with the same word of god see the greeks that desire knowledge need something different it's called the false gospel but the real same gospel is the same word that kills the animal every day. Amen. I heard the Apostle Paul today, and I heard the Lord Jesus today. And the Apostle Paul was talking about brethren, and Jesus was bringing encouragement to the Spirit to overcome Babylon. We're going to go over to the Amplified Classic. <laughs> I just want to share with you what I heard audibly from Apostle Paul. You know, you have the word written on your spirit, and it's the genetics of the divine nature of the apostolic. So it's it's alive today as if the, the, the mighty man of God was present right now with you. So it's Paul's anointing. It's the Holy Ghost. It's inspired. It's signed by Paul, but it's Bible. You know, he says, I write this in my own letter, my signature. So it's a man 
but it's a, a God man. So a new covenant vessel, people want to say like Old Testament, like it's just all God on the outside. That's not how the new covenant is. That's bewitchment. It's a, it's God inside the spirit. The new creature in Christ is a God creature. So it's Paul's spirit and the Holy Ghost together in union writing Bible. So you have to assume when you begin to experience the word written on your spirit, that person, that angel, the angel of Paul, in his divine genetics that are developed, that are invested in the development of your spirit, are present in you. <laughs> so it's one body, right? I mean, literally, if you're sharing the same body of spirit beings, which is totally scriptural, that means the development of this part of the body will take those that worked in that body. One sows, another waters, but God gives the increase. Sowing and watering is the new creature's work. The Holy Ghost's work is to increase the work of the new creature. At the end of the age are angels as workers, or you could say as new creatures are workers. It's a new creature work. Your spirit is doing works all the time. And that's what bears good fruit and rewards. If the soul or the mind does the works, the laborers labor in vain. But if the new creature, the angel, does the works, it's an eternal work. I mean, it's God that sustains the new creature. So it's you and God simultaneously doing it. And that's how the scriptures of the New Testament were written. That's why it's just as inerrant as the Old Testament, but it came from the inside of men versus the Old Testament came from the outside of men. So it was birthed through the human spirit. The New Testament is incredible. It's the New Covenant. It's far superior. The Bible says that the Old Testament is only useful for wisdom. Which means the birthing of the Son of God through your spirit and then the digestion of the symbolism and the wisdom and the parables of the Old Testament for the development of wisdom in the spirit. And we need wisdom big time. You can never have too much wisdom. Wisdom is the end of the rulership of flesh on earth. There's a wisdom coming, and will soon be here, that will crucify every ear. Far and near. It will crucify all of the ability of the intellect. I will destroy the intelligence of the intelligent, it is written. And intelligence will belong, the rulership of the earth will belong to spiritual intelligence. I was watching Chris Vallotton recently and he talked about three areas of intelligence. Intellect intelligence, emotional intelligence, and spiritual intelligence. You have a brain mind, you have a heart mind, and you have a belly mind. You have three minds. And it's absolutely fact. The brain mind is the IQ, the heart mind is the EQ, the spirit mind is the SQ. Spiritual intelligence. And they did a recent study, study, and they found in all Fortune 500 companies on the planet Earth, they were all ran by whoever had the highest emotional intelligence. And the people working in those high up for the emotional intelligent CEOs 
were in the head, but they couldn't lead. You can't lead in the head. You had to lead in the heart, which is emotional intelligence. So even in the realm of the natural, there's a transition the last hundred years from intellect intelligence to emotional intelligence. Like you got to have a personality to be a leader now. You can't just be a head. You have to be a heart. It's not tolerated in business or the marketplace anymore. So, but the next stage of evolution, and it is an evolution, will be from emotional intelligence leading society, which is currently the condition of our world, to spiritual intelligence, the pioneering of the mind of Christ. This is only possible in the new creature. And when the new creature conquers emotional intelligence and intellect intelligence, these realms get glorified. This is the glorification of the soul, the heart and the brain, but it's an overflow of the new creature. So they're going to look at it in a human perspective for a while, but since it's still in the early pioneering stages of the kingdom age, you're only 22 years into the kingdom age, there's not much to look at. I mean, it looks like a childbirth. Pioneering is like birthing. It looks like a childbirth. Blood, organs, body parts, blood, fire, and billows of smoke. <laughs> Which is the birthing of spirit through soul. And it's gruesome, but it's beautiful. It's a new birth. And when you're birthing out of your spirit, beginning to transform from a, a mental creature to a spiritual creature. Now, you're already a spiritual creature, but there's a transformation of the mind to the yielding of the spiritual intelligence. You have to read the Bible for increase of spiritual intelligence. Otherwise, it's a dead litter that kills. That's where people start to just get totally shut down is they interpret the scriptures intellectually in the flesh, in the mind. No scripture can be interpreted in the mind. It was God-breathed, ruach It could only be interpreted in the spirit. And it's not instantaneous. It's a deposit as a seed that falls to the ground and dies. And then the fruit that comes up and changes heart and mind interprets it later. Afterwards, Jesus Christ said, you'll understand. Currently, you cannot understand. That's why it takes faith for a while in order to produce the spirit of understanding. The spirit of understanding, what does the Bible say? Costs you everything. Get wisdom. Though it costs you everything, get understanding. Proverbs. It is written. So wisdom is developing the spirit and sacrificing the soul. Proverbs 9.1 Wisdom kills her beasts, mixes her wine, and prepares a feast. A feast of what? Spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is so different than carnal intelligence, it's persecuted. That's why you people get persecuted. It's because intellectual intelligence or biblical intellect, which is antichrist, those are the Pharisees and the scribes, the theologians, the teachers of the law that are everywhere in Christianity. Anyone go to Bible college and fill their head with the New Testament and become a devil. That's a devil. 
But to fill your spirit with the Bible is a completely different thing altogether because it's a manifestation of Jesus himself. It's a manifestation of his spiritual nature. Those ones will have all the good fruit of love, peace, and joy. But the ones that don't put the Bible in spirit, that put it in head, that's the realm of the dead. That's the goats, that's the tares, that's the foolish virgins. So that is the Christian civil war that you face your entire life. Well, people read the same Bible, but they'll attack your interpretation. They'll kick you out of the house. We've had people come do internships with us. They go home and their parents kick them out in the streets. You're like, you're not welcome in the house. Was, you'll lose your family in America if you get into this. And a lot of you already have. And he didn't want to. It just comes with the territory. And a lot of people are too cowardly to pay that price. You don't have any choice. You have to come to a place where you're between a rock and a hard place. And you know there's no other way except Christ's way. So I'm just going to follow Jesus because that's the whole purpose of earth. It's a testing ground to see where your loyalty is. If it's anything else other than the Holy Spirit, you're dead. That's right. I mean, you're dead. You're serving the devil. Everything else is a devil. You got 200 million devils down here trying to distract you and pull you off course from following the one person of the Holy Ghost on earth that actually is the way to the Father. Nobody comes to the Father or to Jesus except through constantly walking with the Holy Ghost and dealing with the Holy Ghost as you deal with the stuff in your soul and your mind. You're, the Holy Ghost is your helper. How is He helping you? Keeping your conscience clean from death and darkness, sin, sickness, and disease, no curse kindling. You're going to be attacked left and right. And the deeper and the farther you go with the Holy Ghost, the crazier it gets on the outside. Because... You go up that mountain, who's on the top of the mountain? The principality's jeering at him. It's true. Just because you climb Zion doesn't mean you're going to have it easy. You're probably going to be attacked. You know, they've, I've been shot at over 20 times in full-time ministry. Carjacked twice, stabbed at several times. It's been totally insane. There were gangs at times driving from Bible study in North Minneapolis where I was surrounded by over 20 young gangsters. And they're carjacking people. Who knows what they're doing? Just gangster activity. And they had the whole street blocked off to carjack. And I'm pulling up, you know, I'm just praying in tongues. I'm young in full-time ministry. I just look at him, put my hand out, pray in tongues. It was like the parting of the Red Sea. They split, and then they were lightly tapping on the side of the car as I went through them. And then just let me go. <laughs> there was rioting in St. Paul at the RNC, the Republican National Convention, and all the crazy communists were down there rioting, burning buildings, just going nuts, tear gas. And there was over 250 SWAT officers and we're down there in the riots because the Lord said go down there and minister. And so we're just being a glory witness down in this place. And as they were arresting all the rioters and the anarchists and communists, 
There, it was again the parting of the SWAT officers. They literally arrested every single person around us and let us walk right through the midst of them. That was back in 2008. I have watched the glory cloud manifest sovereignty over the most horrible situations in North America for the last 20 years. And I know nothing can stop a person that walks this deeply in the Holy Spirit. And that's the only reason why we do this, so that you become a better friend with the Spirit of glory and advance His plans and purposes and just burn everything else up in your life. <laughs> and it's going to be a... It's going to be interesting. A lot of people don't come to the table completely broken because America has great prosperity. A lot of people have stuff, baggage, and you won't be able to take it with you. Later on, stuff gets added unto you and it's built by the Lord. But initially, there's a price to pay. There's a burning of the witchcraft scrolls of Acts. In order to walk with the app, apostolic in the book of Acts, they had to burn all of the sorceries that they were walking in. You'd be surprised how much sorcery and witchcraft is in the USA in Christianity. It is a lot. Churches nowadays, and we love churches because we love everyone. I mean, it's this isn't about being anti-church. It's about being anti the things that hold you earthly so that you can be loose to go up into the heavenly glory. So one of the main things that holds people down and stunts their growth is going to church. Because you don't have a real world gospel. It's this thing that's just different and irrelevant to actual wisdom that works on a street level. It's not the same wisdom that the apostles walked in in Acts where they could go into the Areopagus and the smartest, most intelligent people in the whole universe would be like, wow, what is this new teaching? And many of them began to believe just by listening. We have some kind of strange Jezebel gospel that makes us just irrelevant. There's a lot of it that is just irrelevant, even amongst the charismatic giftings. God wants a kingdom culture that's completely rock-solid real on a straight level. Just rock-solid kingdom glory. And it's not even such a, a zeal and a fanaticism like you see and they just get worked up to go do street ministry. And I mean, that's cool if the Spirit's leading that, but there is a different maturity amongst the evangelist. We haven't known what apostolic evangelism is. We haven't seen sonship evangelism ever, ever. It's never happened before. There's going to be a greater maturity of the new creature. It's going to be raw. It's going to be like if Justin Bieber is just walking through the street. That's more accurate. It's going to be like paparazzi. It's going to be like complete mayhem around the kind of atmosphere that a mature living creature walks in. It'll just peel space and time off of human spirits. Sadhu Sundar Singh, when he did ministry in the 20s in the USA, in uh, early 20s, late 20s, mid, uh, mid 30s, he came to America after he encountered Jesus Christ doing awesome raw glory ministry. And the record book said when he walked down the streets of Chicago, it was like a wrinkle in time. People were peeled back by light and just slain sovereignly by walking down the street. 
and he walked in a measure of sonship as a as a pioneer before his time there were many many people in the 20th century that brought aspects like William Brenham of future sonship that a whole generation this generation that'll have a different level of teaching that will come out of church teaching they will come out of Laodicean teaching soulish teaching into just real raw spirit meat Lions eat raw meat. John the Baptist, the spirit of Elijah, ate flying meat, locusts, meat that flies, and honey, and it was sweet, and lived in the river. All of it symbolic of a different diet of a different type of Christian. We're not going to have church-age Christians anymore. The church age is over. We're going to have kingdom-age Christians, and the kingdom age brings forth a feast of raw meat. Lions eat raw meat. You're born of the line of the tribe of Judah. That's what opens the seven seals, which means you're going to eat something that's not so finesse. You know, it's going to be raw. It's going to it's not going to be this nice table full of fine three Michelin star food. It's going to be like just throw a zebra on there. And and it's still alive. And you're just going to have to bite in and eat its heart and I mean, that's the kind of food that your spirit needs. <laughs> Amen. They were eating living meat. They were eating flying meat. They would eat it. You know, what do you, what do, you do when you catch locusts? You want to see John the Baptist eat his meal? You just put your hand up in the air, you know, but you're not praising God. You're catching dinner. <laughs> Amen. And that's how they lived off of wild locusts. You'd have to catch it in the air. That's how you eat when you're in Joel's army. You catch the food in the air. It's meat in the air. Strong meat for the mature. You learn how to eat out of the very air like John the Baptist. The Word of God is an energy that flows through the air. What about the devil? Well, the devil's right there, and when you eat the Word, the devil just gets burnt up. The devil's the one trying to get you to not receive the flying meat the meat goes over the airwaves it goes over the broadcast because it's all meat it's in the air it's different energy balls it looks like fireballs in the realm of the spirit you're bringing forth solar flares from the sun of righteousness each flare is a feast for the spirit and of course the soul and the brain they don't benefit from this but the spirit the new creature runs on god's divinity which means it's a faith substance that's constantly imparted into the spirit making your spirit stronger and stronger but it'll offend the heart and it'll offend the mind emotional intelligence at an all-time low and we think you're probably retarded now <laughs> it didn't start out so good but there's definitely nothing left but from that heap of crucified flesh rises a phoenix there was a song that played before Joel's bar he just had a random playlist and it was all about the phoenix and rising as a being of fire so death is your greatest ally for your spiritual development because there's a part of you that will benefit in the rest of you just getting burnt up to death so it's the fear of death and losing control in the heart and the mind that's holding back spiritual development 
why some are super sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not seeker sensitive, super soaker sensitive, that know the Holy Ghost as a being of light, as their father, very well, is because the rest of them is just dead. Like, you're dead to the world. Paul says, I'm dead to sin. Like, I don't even feel it anymore. It's dead to me. But I feel the Holy Ghost. There's a healthy place where you eat that flying meat that you're only alive to Christ and dead to the world. And you get dead to the world not by an external discipline of satanic religion called false Christianity. You get dead to the world by the development of your spirit by eating the meat of God eating the Word of God. The stronger your spirit gets, automatically the more dead you are to the world. In Jesus' name. Truth anyhow. <laughs> you want it? This is what I was hearing Paul say in the spirit. It was, it was audible inside my spirit. The cloud of witnesses is already inside your spirit because you're in the body of Christ. Who's in that body? Every single prophet that's gone before you. The whole kingdom of heaven's in you. So anyone that's died and gone to heaven, the Bible says is in you. And it's not necromancy because they're alive. All your dead relatives that believed in Jesus are still alive. You can communicate with the living it is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> brethren, this is what Paul said. Brethren, I heard him kept saying, brethren. He was addressing the brethren over and over and over. It was like an echoing brethren, brethren, brethren. So I did a study on all the times Paul says brethren in his writings, and it's a lot. But it was the ones that started with brethren. It was an address to the body of Christ is what it felt like. And if he speaks inside your spirit, this is something really cool. If he speaks inside your spirit, every regenerated spirit that's a member of the body gets edified. If there is a spirit born again doing works in Mexico, it benefits your spirit in Minnesota. Any spirit in Christ that's doing anything in the Holy Ghost is benefiting your spirit. So you become a team player. The strife is of the of the flesh, of the soul and the mind. It's it's totally satanic. Because it doesn't understand how all spirits in Christ are knit together at birth. You got born again knit together. You're born again in unity. You can't get any more unity than getting saved. The rest of it's just soulish garbage. It'll just burn off you. It's just the, the soul thinking it can add to the spirit. It's irrelevant. It's satanic. It's deception. It's delusion. It'll die. That's where you need the death of Jesus. But the spirit is born in union with every other born-again spirit in the whole earth. And so when a born-again spirit is advancing the kingdom, whether they're doing he healings, miracles, preaching the gospel, people getting saved, the stuff that's going on all over the planet, most of it outside the four walls of the church, that benefits you. So you become a cheerleader. You know, maturity is cheering on every spirit that's advancing God's kingdom. So it's impossible with this level of revelation to be jealous. Because you know anything they're doing is going to bless you. Yeah. And you know, so go, go, go. Yeah. 
And you know, you could be Mary or Martha, but if it's anointed works, it's not a Martha. It's the oil of Mary doing the works. The oil is working. The oil is speaking, the oil is preaching, the oil is healing, the oil is raising the dead. The oil is conquering the whole planet to be added unto Jesus. Where is Jesus? In the seven golden lampstands of anointing oil on earth as it is in heaven. What is that? Inside the light of the born-again spirits. The kingdom of heaven is on earth amongst all spirits. That's why we want people that are fully spiritually intelligent because then it's it's a leadership to that spirit race. And it's a completely different race. It's the eternal Israel of God. That's the real Israel. Is that spirit race that is born of God. And it needs the mind of Christ to lead it over emotional intelligence and intellect intelligence. It needs leadership. So the prophets and apostles are a development of spiritual intelligence. There's a lot of false out there, but the real ones have spiritual intelligence. They can conquer emotional intelligence and brain intelligence and bring a kingdom, a dominion, and a territory for spiritual intelligence to roam free. It's called the Garden of Eden on Earth. The restoration of all things is the rest of spirit beings in the mind of Christ enjoying the earth under a tabernacle or a tent of total protection. The Bible says, Isaiah 4, it'll be a refuge from the scorching heat. It's a dome of divine love. What is love? Love is divine intelligence. Love is the thought life that passes through the Father constantly like a river. Love isn't just being nice to people. Love is a sentient being. Love is is light. Love is God is love. But it's an intelligence. It's a person. It's a man of light that created the world. Love is also a law. There's a law of love that is a person, Jesus Christ. And the law is the word and God is love. So it's all encompassing, looking at God clearly and interacting with God as a being of love and light and the word. And then mingling that and you put that in your soul, you put that in your brain, it will crucify the part of you that's not eternal for the spirit to rise in this body and flood the temple with glory, which comes through crucifixion towards the temporal part of you. Areas of your life that are still profane of no eternal value, that die when the eternal of the word and the light and the love enter. You know what you get annihilated on during consecration? Love. Love is your complete death. You know what the baptism of death is? It's divine love. If the animal is alive, their understanding of love is completely false. It's totally human. Every word they say is a lie. They're liars. All human beings are liars. When the human being dies, the divine, the spirit of truth comes forth through the death of the soul on the cross with Jesus. And that love, that agape, that unconditional love, 
and there's evidence of this death. That's the fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. Love always hopes. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love thinks no evil towards others, even if they just constantly do the wrong thing. You always hope that they might repent and bear good fruit. You can't think a negative thought when you're flowing in divine love. You deal with reality, it cleans up a mess, it covers a mess, which means it's looking at the mess when it covers a multitude of sin, but it's still just smiling down on everyone, just fried out of its mind on the joy of the Father, on the joy of Jesus conquering the fallen angels. And so you can't change the attitude of someone that gets into divine love. It's a place of sovereignty. And we're in a place right now of establishing the sovereignty of love and the, establishing the sovereignty of the living waters. There's a place where you're so rock solid in Christ that nothing can shake you. And if they're still rattling around you, that's because you're crucifying the stuff around you. Demons, demons can feel. They're, a, they're an emotional feeling creature. They have tentacles. They're insects. So when someone begins to walk in love, nothing torments a demon more than divine love. Now, now phileo love allows the demonic to control the human soul. So that's what they're tempting you in to get into female emotions, to get into male com camaraderie, to get into like male soldier, Marine Corps camaraderie and call that love and call ourselves Christians and we call ourselves having the armor of God. But it's not a baptism of death. It's still animal. It's still human. One of the worst things, the most deceiving thing, is the emotional love of the heart and then calling it God. It's the worst blasphemy there is. The greatest blasphemy you deal with in Christianity is the heart love pretending to be agape love. If you can get over that great deception of false, human, emotional, soulish, oftentimes motherly love, because it's a motherly love. And so it's like, there's no way that can be bad. It's the greatest deception. It's the very heart of Jezebel. Motherly love is the heart of Satan. Truth anyhow. Agape love is the complete and total opposite of motherly love. Because there's no male or female in Christ. There's no male or female in Christ. It completely contradicts your humanity and requires a cross to kill the thing. To kill that motherly love. To kill the fatherly love. Fatherly love and motherly love is as diabolical and deceiving as it gets. And it's the main thing keeping people from experiencing the glory of God consistently. Because we go back into just the goodness of the soul, which is satanic blasphemy. And that's why people have ups and downs and mood swings. When you kill the thing, it's just rivers all the time. Because now you're constant in divine love. That's true maturity. That's where we need to go. And that's what the Spirit of God is saying to people in this place today. There's people listening. That's right where you're at in the next stage of growth is crucifying the fatherly and motherly love that has the appearance of good. But it's a, it's a huge stumbling block. And it's not a heavenly witness. And it will lead your children astray. But if you get into agape, there's just one river flowing through you. 
Wait, if they deal with you, they deal with God. And that's the place we need to get into where there's no longer a human heart. It's the heart of David, the heart of God, the tabernacle of David, the apostolic, the river of life. The human needs a greater death in this place. There needs to be a dying and a frying for there to be a flying. He wants to give your spirit wings, but if you're settling in the heart realm, you're forfeiting the spirit, which is Esau's bowl of soup, which is the main temptation upon Americans. That's what Laodicean is. The Laodicean church, the seventh church of Revelation chapter 3, is being overcome now in the earth to enter the kingdom age. But what is the sin of the Laodiceans? We could say lukewarmness, which is true, but what is lukewarmness? It's settling for a human, a fatherly or motherly love in the heart. It's Jezebel. That's what that principality is. That's what you're wrestling against in the prophetic constantly. That's what's killing the prophets in this generation. It's the human heart's ability to deceive with false love. And so that's what needs to die in the leaders first, just to show people that there's something else. But when you're bewitched, it's all you got. So it's like you're attacking my very nature and the best parts of me. Yes, we are. So the best parts of him can come through. See, if you're settling for the best parts of your human nature, you're forfeiting the worst parts of the divine nature. And you don't even know the good parts of God at all. You know, the greatest enemy of the perfect is the good. We want God's goodness, which is what? Fire. Fire. The goodness of God is the glory of God. God, show me your glory. We want to see your glory. And then he just burned them all up. <laughs> he just dropped a second Adam's bomb on them. And Holy Ghost nuclear holocaust. You know, I want another Pentecost, but I want actually a Holy Ghost nuclear holocaust. Or there's just no animal. I don't want DNA corrupting the expression of the God sperm genetics and then calling itself God and then being in places of leadership and just being soulish and emotional and the false prophetic of man's ideas mixed with politics and the continuous abomination we've dealt with in this generation. We're going to come forth with a pure expression of the river of life from an ancient realm that never even heard the name of Joe Biden before. Wow. <laughs> don't even know who Donald Trump is. Oh, it don't even matter, do it? I know it matters to you, but if the kingdom of heaven drowns this place, will it matter? Is your faith yet that great for a flood that erases donkey and elephant politics? Come on. A lot of you don't have faith for that. Have a drink. Have a drink of the liquid faith of the river. You need to grow in faith until you're saturated because one of the evidences that you're walking in true agape is that you have faith for anything. Yeah. Like, that seems reasonable. Yes. Like, the White House, Senators Congress, the IRS, Fortune 500s, the natural realm, all this stuff that's important to the natural man doesn't even seem like a big deal anymore. And you'll benefit from a higher dimension like God's in the clouds. The whole, I mean, it don't matter what they're doing down below, but they're all clean animals because of your cloud full of rain washing them down below. 
because that's the promise of the overcomers that you're all from above the 144,000 in the clouds as white doves in the nest. What's the nest? The glory cloud, the kingly crown, the gold crown, the sharp sickle, which is harvesting everyone down below. The sovereignty, it doesn't matter if they were a believer or unbeliever because it's all animal. What matters in sovereignty, which is true sonship, is that they're all washed. Days of Noah, clean animals, unclean animals all came to the ark. In these days of Noah, which is animal flesh, the mammal, homo, sapien, sapien, human flesh is all getting washed by the rivers of glory. So whether you believe and become angelic like us or don't and stay animal, you're getting washed and becoming a clean animal. Total sovereignty. That's what the sons bring. That's why the devil's nervous. This isn't a matter of we got to save the lost. If you want to stay lost, you can stay lost, but you're going to be washed and everyone will be washed. The days of Noah, every single ounce of flesh on planet Earth of every bloodline, don't matter if you're a sorcerer bloodline, don't matter if you've been in Freemasonry for 500 years and you're a, the grandson of Albert Pike, it don't matter what you are. What matters is what the river does from the overcomers. The crown is a crown of sovereignty. The river of life is the knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. There's a greater understanding of the water's ability. Living water, when you go deep enough into it, is the ability that makes God, God. What makes God, God? The Bible tells you the substance that makes, makes God, God. We can call him Jesus Christ and worship him, but the Bible says practically the substance that makes Jesus King of Kings, Lord of Lords and God is living water. Living water is what makes God, God. Everything in heaven is in an aquarium of living water. You have to enter that water, that baptism to live in the glory and you're surrounded and baptized in liquid glory. You get used to it, your spirit adjusts to it, but when your spirit goes into that place, it's underwater. You don't, if you come out of the water, you're in hell. That's what dry place is. Lazarus, you know, and the rich man, they're down in hell. And what was the evidence that they're in hell? No water. Give me just a drop on my tongue, sorry. There's a great chasm between us. You chose the false in life, the soulish, the temporal, which doesn't have any life in it, so it doesn't have any water in the afterworld. And you get that forever. A waterless abyss, a dry place, a satanic hell. And it's eternal for those that don't drink and practice the living water right now on earth. You're already in hell because you're already dry. It's not even a matter of going to hell. It's just the revealing of your spiritual quality. It's just take the, the facade of your flesh off your spirit, and it's just this wrinkly ghost that never drank. Wow. I've seen the, the spirits of some of these sorcerers and sorceresses. God's given me grace to look at what they look like in the spirit, and they just look like dry, dead corpses. Their spirit just wrinkly, nasty, and it's just dry and dead. Nasty. Witches. And they're all Christians, of course. A Christian sorority. Daughters of the Eastern Star. We're a Christian sorority. I've seen what you look like in the spirit. You wrinkly old dried demon. Pour living water on them. They don't even know what it is. It's like a foreign thing has invaded our, our airspace. They're demons. These sons and daughters of demons, they're demons who have to come and protect them from people like you. 
You get so marinated, saturated in living water as a new creature, a creature of living water. The enemy do anything they can to shut you from releasing that into their sons and daughters. Because remember, angels need a host body to have influence in the natural dimension. The answer to disconnecting the sons and daughters of Satan, which are by the millions all, all over the place, to disconnect them from their fallen angel fathers and mothers is to drown them in water. It cuts off communication ties and they can no longer rule and reign. That's why you've seen more mistakes in the Illuminati the last 10 years than the previous 400 years combined. Right on TV. Making mistakes. I mean, it's the real deal. There has never been a revealing of the deep things of Satan and the works of the fallen angels and their sons and daughters like our day. Remember the days of Noah? It was all just out in the open. This is what's happening. It's just bringing it all to the surface. These people are deep in the occult on a level of fallen angel sorcery, and it's all coming to the surface. A lot of people don't even have faith for that level of the demonic. But it's the truth anyhow. And the people of the living water are the ones causing it to happen. It's not the people that are just bringing praise and worship to the White House. It's the ones bringing the flood to the White House. For the hearts of all men shall be laid bare by the river. It's true. Well, the more living water coming out of you, the more you're washing everything and revealing the spirit. Revealing the heart is revealing the condition and quality of the spirit how much water is in it how much words in it how do you how do you tell how much water and words in the spirit rainbow light stars what's the stars of daniel 12 the brightness of the new creature you look right at the spirit how bright it is how much color is in it cut clarity color diamonds gemstone believers rewards how bright your eternal spirit is because the flesh counts for nothing nada john 6 flesh counts for zero what matters is the brightness and the color and the cut which is the sharpness of your angelic spirit right now that's in that body a lot of times trapped under your intellect and so you're not feeding your spirit because you're feeding the carnal part of you so true preaching the accurate prophetic reveals the worthlessness of the human intellect and the worthlessness of the human emotions as absolute trash and it's not the prophetic unless it does that read the bible there's a reason why the prophets were cruel and harsh because they had to shake people up to, to understand these realms don't matter. Satan's deceiving you and destroying your souls. The realm that matters is your eternal spirit. Invest in that realm so you don't waste another 10 years of your life on the devil. You can mature your spirit and have an incredible life. He's zealously passionate for you and wants you to have the Zoe life because he died on the cross for you to rise above the demons, destroying your souls. So when your spirit's fed, you're no longer in your head. You're in the river. You're in the Word of God, in the experience of the living Word. And the Word is the keys to experiencing new dimensions in the river. You can only go so deep in the river as you have Bible written by angels. The Bible says that angels administered the law to Moses. Okay, So angels administer the Word of God to you and I right now. That's how you inherit salvation 
Hebrews 1 and 2. What are they doing? They're bringing the word and writing it. Angels, the scribe angels, are writing the word of God on your spirit. That's how you get the upgrade. That's how you get the update. That's how you get brighter. That's how you get more colorful. That's how you get circumcised of heart. Circumcision of heart isn't just cutting the physical heart. Circumcision of heart is separating spirit from the natural. So that your spirit man is completely separate in your consciousness from your natural man. Those that are circumcised of heart see their spirit. They see God, the pure in heart, the circumcised of heart see God because their spirit is separated from their body all the time. It's a completely different being. And I'm in this body and the body is like a, a brown mantle of humility. Look at the Apostle Paul, a great spirit, a great spirit. And he says, I have this body of humiliation. He called it a body humiliation. His body looked nothing like his spirit. His body didn't accurately represent his spirit. It, it was humiliating for such a great divine apostolic spirit to live inside such a humble tent. I tell you what, you're going to go through some of that humiliation also in the body which would be good for you. It's good for me. It humbles us. But your spirit will develop no matter what your body's doing. And you will begin to divide spirit from soul, your spirit from your body, and invest in your spirit. And this generation will so invest their spirit because of the annihilation of their body through the type of food that you're eating. It'll be such a type of food that it won't even work in the natural. It'll force itself because it's like eating swords. It pierces. It's like eating powerful things that know how to get into the spirit. It's like eating living creaturedom. Living creatures eat living creatures. The word's alive. The Bible says you got to eat the word. Jesus is alive. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. So you have to eat the living food and it's alive that means it's it's trying to go deeper into your soul deeper into your spirit deeper through your brain you know it's you're fighting it from going inside your ears but it's fighting to crawl inside your ears and get down into your spirit and just possess you you've been possessed by demons long enough it's time to get possessed by the food of god the marriage supper of the lamb this person's been feasting look at how possessed by the word of god they are their spirit is like a bright morning star i can barely see in here because you've been token the ghost so much i can't have a blinded by the light the solitarsis blindedness because of the shekinah glory so bright in your forehead every day walking around with blind glasses Go on Amazon after this and have to buy one of those blind walking sticks just to get home after the service because you're so fried on the light of God. Can't see anything. I sell my car because I have to take Uber now because I can only see once in a while. Glory's too bright in there. Amen. Walk by faith and not by sight, brother. Brethren, walk by faith. Jesus said, gouge your eyeballs out and cut your hands off. If they are a stumbling block to entering the kingdom. I know the eyes are a stumbling block. 
so the glory is going to come and freaking blind you. Yay. Amen. Yay. When the oil hits the spirit, it combusts into Shekinah. You know, it's a cloud, but it's produced like smoke. It's a, the smoke of his glory filled the house so the priest could no longer minister by reason of the smoke. So the, the Shekinah is like a glory smoke. And you just keep this thing hotboxed, but it gets so hotboxed you have to use your spiritual senses. Because the rest of them are literally crucified by the smoke of his glory. Like you can't really use those same functions anymore. You have to use your spiritual ability. Your spiritual intelligence, for some of these callings that are in the audience, some of your callings require such a level of spiritual intelligence that it just, as you grow, it kills your emotional and mental intelligence. And it's killing it. And that's part of your, your growth. That's part of the cocoon. The metamorphosis. Stuff dies and gets burned up of the old worm. We have worm intelligence. We're about to have butterfly intelligence. And butterflies are smart. Worms are dumb. <laughs> Glory. Shaba. This is a good one. First Corinthians three one. Brethren, I could not talk to you as spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature pre predominates. As to mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. That is true. That is us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Little tar babies. <laughs> Glory fetus syndrome. Shaba. Give the kids some godka. Uh, 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 hallelujah. All right. First Corinthians 14, 20. I'm going to give you a couple brethrens, and then we'll close up and take the, the biggest offering in the history of Red Letter Ministries tonight for my birthday. And then give it all to the poor. <laughs> all right, fine. We'll buy a Lamborghini then. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of you manifested on that. First Corinthians fourteen twenty, brethren. Do not be children. Do not be children immature in your thinking. Continue to be babes in matters of evil, but in your minds be mature men. Amen. I got to receive that one. That's the word of God for you. <laughs> Flying meat, catch it and get stronger. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
1 Corinthians 15, 50. Brethren, <laughs> flesh and blood cannot become partakers of the eternal salvation. It cannot inherit or share in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Nor does the perishable, that which is decaying, inherit or share in the imperishable and the immortal. So it's going to force you to look at your spirit in the eternal. And then you're constantly encouraged no matter what the body and outside the body is doing. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Holy Spirit, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile, it is never wasted or to no purpose. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel fire. I feel like fire wine all over my face. <clears throat> my ears are burning. That's a that's a really cool feeling. This is an interesting night. Totally different. I like the different stuff the spirit manifests. Galatians 1:11. Brethren. I'm gonna give you some of Paul's brethren scriptures here. Brethren that the gospel which was proclaimed and made known by me is not man's gospel. It is not human, and it's not according to or patterned after any human standard. Totally spirit. Amen. Whew. Oh, this one here. And to see Paul, Paul's brethren words are like his desperation. Oh man, I can I can feel him right now. It's his desperation for his love for the body to mature. Like when he's getting serious, because they're just they just don't get it, and he's just like brethren. You can just see the intensity of the apostle Paul, and he's just. He wants you to get it. He wants you to understand. He wants to impart into you some spiritual maturity. And the brethren is like, add attention. You know, it's like John's. This is what the Spirit. Let him who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the church. That's John. But Paul has the brethren. Jesus had some of those catchphrases too that he always used. It's like, and it's it's just that apostolic right. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What did Jesus say? Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Hey, Jesus had the verily, verilies. <laughs> Galatians 4.12 Brethren, Verily, verily, I beg of you, become as I am, 
free from the bondage of Jewish ritualism and ordinances. Religion free. For I also have become as you are a Gentile. Religion free. You did me no wrong in the days when I first came to you. Don't do it now. <laughs> that was a good one. Galatians 4.31 Brethren, brethren, we who are born again are not children of a slave woman, the natural, the natural, but of the free, the supernatural. We are children of the supernatural, Amplified Classic, Galatians 4.31. Here we go. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, the ones that are sensitive to the Spirit, should set him right, restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority. And with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. Amen. <laughs> okay, we're going to get into Philippians because these are the real juicy ones. These are my ferrets. Oh man, this one. Philippians 3.1 For the rest, my brethren, delight yourselves in the Lord. Continue to rejoice that you are in Him. To keep writing to you over and over of the same things is not irksome to me, and it is a precaution for your safety. Safety. <laughs> Brethren, I do not consider that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. <laughs> Philippians 3.17 Brethren, together follow my example and observe those who live after the pattern we have set for you. Brethren, whom I love and yearn to see, my delight and crown, wreath of victory, thus stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. And this is the big one, Philippians 4.8. Brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Amen. <laughs> First Thessalonians 2.14 For you, brethren, became imitators of the assemblies churches of God in Jesus Christ which are in Judea for you to have suffered the same kind of treatment from your own fellow countrymen as they did who are persecuted at the hands of the Jews brethren 
1 Thessalonians 3, 7. Brethren, for this reason, in spite of all of our stress and crushing difficulties, we have been filled with comfort and cheer about you because of your faith, the leaning of your whole personality on God in complete trust and confidence. We'll end with this one. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 Furthermore, brethren, we beg and admonish you in virtue of our union with the Lord Jesus <coughs> that you follow the instructions which you learned from us about how you ought to walk so as to please and gratify God as indeed you are doing and that you do so even more and more abundantly attaining yet greater perfection just say greater perfection attaining yet greater perfection in living this divine life thank you father for the brethren thank you for union of the brethren of all believing spirits already the brethren i just pray father for each mind inside these bodies that the spirit would transform it to understand these realities to outflow the glory from their born-again spirit that there would be a greater perfection a greater glory a manifest glory from the brethren we pray for it in this group we pray for it for our viewers that there will be a manifestation of a thick tangible substance that is far greater than heart intelligence and brain intelligence let it be the physical manifest glory intelligence of their new creatures in christ coming into a greater perfection and a greater maturity and a greater glory in jesus name we pray amen <laughs> love you guys if you want to give an offering into the ministry click the links last year we did um, a fundraiser for my birthday and we gave we raised like 5,000 or something for missions uh, and I don't feel it this year I don't feel like that's what the Spirit's saying. We have needs there, but I don't think that would actually help the people grow. So if the Spirit puts it on your heart, if you'd like to give a gift into this ministry, a birthday gift, just give an offering, give a donation. We're dealing with $60,000 in RLM bills last month, paid off the mortgage on this house. And so we have some catching up to do. So that's really where the need is right now. So bless you guys as you give, as you give into the glory of God, as you give into the heart of David, into the tabernacle of David, as you sow into the government of the kingdom age directly into the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ in our midst amongst these mature overcomers in this vanguard company of soldiers. And we thank you, Father, for people all over the world awakening to spiritual intelligence on a whole nother level. Let living creature dumb partner 
through the soul and take over the soul and take over the brain, take over the businesses, take over the marketplace and begin to fuel the apostles and prophets of the sons of God in Jesus mighty name. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the flutter, flutter, flutter. Thank you.